The mailbag has been filling up this summer, and as the kiddos get ready to go back to school, it's time to sit down, grab my letter opener, and get to answering the mail. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Friday, August 18th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for joining us to get your team every single day. Coming up on the show today, it is indeed going to be a mailbag. Here's what we're going to do. We've got three segments on the show as always, so I've got two questions I'm going to answer in each segment. Got a couple of those video questions that have come in. We're going to tackle those. Got some mostly basketball stuff. Got a really cool question uh, for football about uh, Drake May and USC's Caleb Williams. So we're going to tackle all sorts of that. Want to get right into it. Want to thank all of you who have sent stuff in. If you didn't see your, if you don't see or hear your question appear here on today's show, hopefully I'll tackle it on another time. If not, keep sending stuff in. Locked on Tar Heels at Gmail. Dot com, whether it's just a written question or a video question, would love to keep tackling those and answering those as we go throughout the fall. Yes, get them on in. All right, our very first question is a video question coming right to us from our guy, Terry Weeks. Here it is. Hello, my name is Terry Weeks. I'm from Wilson, North Carolina. I've been a Tar Heel fan for over 50 years. And my question for you today, Isaac, is... What are the three statistical categories that you want to see, that we all want to see, improve over last year? And I thank you very much for your show. Um, God bless you guys, and you do a super job. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for your video, Terry. Always great to have you tuning in, brother. Thank you so much. 50 years as a Tar Heels fan. That is incredible. Uh, God bless you guys as well. I know you said that in there. Okay, so Terry's question three statistical categories that I want to see improve next season. If you're like me, two of these folks jumped out at me immediately. The number one thing that I want to see improved next year. These top two are no brainers. Number one, three point shooting. Last year, the Tar Heels shot 31.2% from three. In case you're wondering, that was good for 329th in all of Division I, out of 363 teams. There's so many. For the Tar Heels, that is their second worst. You've probably heard me say this before. Second worst three-point shooting percentage as a team for a single season. The only one worse was the 2019-2020 season, where they shot 30.4% and were 306th in the nation. In fact, Carolina has been outside the top 250 in the nation in three of the past four seasons. They've been under 32% as a team in all three of those. In addition to the two I just said, the other was they shot 31.8% in 2020-21. By the way, those three seasons, three of the last four, are the three lowest three-point shooting percentages in program history. That's right. That's what's been happening the last four years. 
that three of them have been that bad. And in case you're wondering, yeah, I keep up with stuff like this. No national champion has ever shot lower than 32.9% for the season. And only three of them have shot under 34 points, 34%. So Carolina's 31.2 is just not going to cut it. For example, last year, UConn national champions, they shot 36.3% from three. That sounds, especially when you compare it to Carolina's low 31%, that sounds really good. Over five percentage points better. Pretty good, right? Well, compared to USC, UNC last season, yeah, absolutely. But for UConn, this was still one of the 10 lowest three-point percentages ever for a national champion. Carolina has to get better. So that is number one for me. The second statistical category that I would like to see Carolina improve on Mr. Terry Weeks is assist percentage. I talk about this pretty regularly, but for those who are unaware, assist percentage is just very simply the amount of the field goals you make that have an assist attached to them. And field goals are just twos and threes, anything that's not a free throw that is a made basket. And so assist percentage is Let's say you made 10 baskets and there was an assist on five of them. Your assist percentage is 50%. If there were six made baskets and there were assists on two of them, 33%. Very simple like that. Well, last year, Carolina was 45.4%. For context, the two previous seasons, they had been in Coach Davis's first season, 54.1%. And in Coach Williams last year, 55.3%, almost a full 10 percentage points higher um, in Coach Williams last year than the Tar Heels were last season. For me, there is no reason Carolina can't be right back in the mid 50% range. uh, And I I would be great with that. Shoot, at this point, I would just take something over 50%. But I fully expect this team to be back into that 54, 55, 56% range. And so, Terry, that's number two. And then the third one, this one's a little tougher because it doesn't jump out as quickly as do three-point shooting and, excuse me, the assist percentage. For me, it's a combination, actually, of fast break points and bench usage. And here's why. I think part of Carolina's inability to run and to get out and get fast break scoring in the, the, the past couple of years is part of Coach Davis not utilizing the bench as much, much as Coach Williams did. To wit, last year they used their bench 18.3% of the time, which was 360th in Division One. And you'll recall I just said there were only 360 only 363 teams, meaning that only three teams in Division One used their bench less than the Tar Heels did last year. Now, of course, one of those is Kansas, and so there's that. But when that how that translates into fast break points, the Tar Heels averaged 9.3 fast break points per game last season. They had a high of 24. They had a low of zero. Yes, they had a game with zero fast break points. I'll give you one guess as to who that's against. Yeah, absolutely. It was Virginia. But here's when you, when you look inside the numbers, even more that 9.3, they're under double digit averaged less than double-digit fast-break points per game last season did the Tar Heels. And in fact, it got worse as the season went on. Over the course of the final 14 games of last season, Carolina only had double-digit fast-break points one time. 
in the final 14 games. That has to change. Carolina has to get better at this. Um, so that that's that's right where I'm at with this. And so, Terry, those are the three statistical categories I want to see improved. Three-point shooting, um, assist percentage, and um, essentially fast break points, but also coming as a virtue of more bench usage. All right. Here is our next question, and it comes to us from our guy, Big Kush. Yeah, this Big Kush. My question is, who would benefit Carolina more as sophomores, Trimble or Washington? Man, I love Big Kush's voice, don't you? It's so deep and gravelly. Uh, dude, you need to do like uh, voiceovers or something. I-, I love it. So Big Kush's question, who will benefit Carolina more as sophomores? Is it Seth Trimble or Jalen Washington. Kush, my answer is going to be Jalen Washington precisely because I believe his skill set is a bigger area of need for the Tar Heels this season than is Seth's. Not that they don't need Seth. I think his growth and ascension is critically important for North Carolina. But here's the, the crux of it for me. The Tar Heels have in the backcourt RJ and Elliott. And I think Seth is going to be an important part of the backcourt rotation. But when you have those two guys, you got to feel pretty good. And there's also like Cormac Ryan can be playing the two, if if not the three. And so in the front court, though, you've got Armando. And then you've probably either got what I've been projecting, at least at the start, uh, this as the starting four is a small ball Harrison Ingram or maybe a Jalen Weathers or who knows how James Oconquo can um, progress in those things. But Jalen Washington's ability to come back um, and have had, as we've talked about, his first healthy offseason since going into his sophomore year of high school, um, to really start to trust his body again, to show the things he can do. If he can live up to those things, he gives Carolina something they don't have in anyone else, really, the, the skill set of what he has and, and how he can step out and, and shoot. And so whether that's playing at the four alongside Armando or giving backup minutes to Armando at the five, his, that, that what Jalen's able to bring is so different. Now, the, yes, there is athleticism and defense that Seth brings that, that the other guys just don't have at the same level, but it's not as wholly different as what Jalen brings. And I think Jalen's ascension is even more critical for North Carolina than is Seth's. So, both of them going to be big time contributors this year, but I see Jalen Washington's potential as being a bigger benefit to directly answer your question. Coming up in just a second, got a really interesting question about how coach Davis is going to handle senior night this year. Cause it's going to be chock-a-block full. What do I mean? We'll look at it in just a second. But before we get there, I need to tell you that today's episode of locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by eBay motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part has to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head on over to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. All you have to do is add your vehicle to my garage and then check for the green check mark to make sure that you know the part will fit or you get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop with eBay Motors. 
Beyond that, they've got these 122 million parts to choose from, and that's going to help ensure that you're back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, at the right price on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You everydayers, want to thank you so much for tuning in. Always great to be together. It's been a great week of shows. Coach Rob on Tuesday, Coach Kilby and I on Wednesday looking at Jalen, and then Bryce Baker on yesterday's show. Got a, another great week coming up for you. Make sure you tune in. want to thank both Terry and Big Kush for submitting video questions. Would love for you to do that as well. Once again, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Preferably, if you could do it in landscape mode where it's sideways so that it fits on our screen for YouTube. And uh, 10 to 15 seconds, your name, where you're from, and your question. Speaking of, here is our next question. This comes from HSJTrade23 on Twitter. Always good to hear from HSJTrade23. Says this, I know it's a long way away, but who do you think Hubert starts on senior night since we have eight seniors? What? Yeah, let me read it off for you. So listed on the roster are five graduate students, Cormac Ryan, Armando Baycott, Paxson Wojcik, Jalen Withers, and Dewey Ferris. Listed as seniors, RJ Davis, Creighton Lebo, and Rob Landry. Woof. Well, here are multiple factors that I would be looking at in whom I would suggest starting. And, and I know that your question is, who do I think Hubert starts? But I just want to talk about it as though I'm the coach and take it. <laughs> so one factor is that it is a non-Duke year for senior night. Carolina played or hosted Duke for senior night last year. That means the Tar Heels uh, will be at Duke to close the regular season, presumably on Saturday, March 10th, just ahead of the ACC tournament that next week. So senior night should be against whomever opponent it is the week of March 3rd through 9th. How did Coach Davis handle this last season? Because there were six seniors and grad students listed last year. Leakey, Pete Nance, Armando Baycott, Justin McCoy, Jackson Watkins, and Dewey Ferris. Well, everyone but Dewey started. But interestingly, Dewey, though despite being listed as a senior, wasn't mentioned in in uh, pre- or post-game communications from UNC as going through senior ceremonies. So you wonder if the coaching staff already knew that he intended to come back for uh, this upcoming season. Perhaps more instructive is to look back to the 2019-20 season, when Carolina also had a group of six combined graduate students and seniors. That was Brandon Robinson, Shea Rush, Robbie O'Han, Christian Keeling, Justin Pierce, and Caleb Ellis. Now, here's what Carolina did. They announced all six of those dudes as starters, but and they all kind of stepped out onto the court, but it was time to tip off. Caleb Ellis went back and had a seat on the bench, and then he got in for a couple seconds at the end of the game. Well, here's another factor, is perhaps there's already somebody, by the time we get to senior night activities, who already knows and has already decided that they're going to return. For example, Jalen Withers, though listed as a grad student, um, should have or has the availability to play one more year. Maybe he's already decided that. Um, so, so you never know when we get towards the end of the season, maybe those conversations are already got going on with the coaching staff and those kind of things. 
Another question to factor in is who is definitely done? Who has no more eligibility left? That would be Armando Baycott, Cormac Ryan, Paxson Wojcik have no eligibility. Another factor I would consider if I were Coach Davis is who hasn't had a shot yet to do this? Well, clearly it's it's Dewey Ferris, who you know was listed again, listed as a senior last year. And, and there's that. So all of that said, if all eight of these guys are still considered to not be coming back to all eight of them are planning to be done and graduated and gone or after this season. I'd love to see what coach David, I'd love to see coach Davis do for all eight of these, what coach Williams did for Caleb Ellis announce all eight as starters, but then obviously you can only have five. I would send back to the bench at that point, Jalen Withers and Cormac Ryan and Paxson Wojcik. And here's why. I would start Mondo and RJ. I know that Armando went through senior day activities, as we just said last year, but it's Armando Baycott. And the things he's done for this program, I feel like you just got to do that. Same with RJ Davis. He didn't go through senior day activities last year because he was a junior. And there is, at least for me, a high likelihood that RJ might come back a high likelihood that RJ will. I shouldn't say high likelihood that RJ might come back. Um, I, I got to own that if that's what I believe, right? That RJ has a high likelihood to come back in, in my opinion. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him go through senior day activities and that coach Davis would obviously start him. But then for the other three guys, for me, it's got to be Dewey Ferris, Creighton Lebo, and Rob Landry. Here's why. Think of everything they've given and dedicated as, as walk-ons to being part of this team. I just, I just think there's so much importance in honoring those guys that way. Beyond that, you got to imagine that Cormac Ryan and Paxson Wojcik probably went through senior day activities last year with Notre Dame and Brown and would be totally understanding of having the, the Carolina walk-ons be the guys to step in and do that. That said, Again, Armando went through senior day activities last year, so maybe he's somebody that that doesn't have to do it. Maybe if, if Jalen Withers not coming back, he could do it in Armando's spot. But again, it, it is those five for me that I would do. Armando, RJ, Dewey, Creighton, and Rob as a way to honor them. What is Coach Davis actually going to do? Dude, I don't know. But again, I just wanted to answer of what I would do if I were the coach. So it remains to be seen. It's a really interesting question to ask, and I love to hear it. All right, next question on this segment comes from uh, a YouTube user who I couldn't even figure out what the name was. But it says this, hey, I'm an everydayer and I've got a question for you. Will Armando Baycott have 15 shots a game or not? And also, how many double doubles will he have? I see him getting 30 this year. So let's take those one at a time. Could Armando Baycott average 15 shot attempts per game? Well, let me give you what he's done his first four seasons, 7.6, 7 7.5, 11.0, and 10.4. So the highest amount of field goal attempts per game that Armando has averaged is 11. What about his actual single game highs in those seasons? Well, his freshman and sophomore year, he never got to 15 field goal attempts in a single game. His junior year, Armando had five games with 15 or more attempts. And last season, he had seven games with 15 more or attempts. The reason I believe his average was lower last year is things like 
there was that Virginia game where he played a minute, had that injury and went out and had zero field goal attempts in that one. And as any good student knows, a zero in class brings your average way down, which would also be true in this regard. So to the first question, I ultimately say no. Armando Baycott will not average 15 field goal attempts next year. I would go under on that. I would set it at 12 and a half. I do think he will have his highest average field goal attempts of his career. And I keep hearkening back to, I believe that's in big part because Elliot Cadeau will find him in position better than any guard he's played with in his time. And that's going to lead to more Armando field goal attempts. But I will say that he's going to have 15 or more attempts uh, 10 times. His previous high was seven in a season. I think he will do that at least 10 times this year. All right, what about double doubles? The suggestion from this user was 30 double doubles this season. Is that doable? Let's look back at some more historical precedent. How many games will Carolina play this year? I think that's part of the thing we got to consider with this. Well, 31 regular season games is how many that college basketball teams play. Plus, let's say they made it all the, you know, had a had a double buy in the ACC tournament and then made it all the way to the championship game. That'd be three ACC tournament games. Three feels like a good number there. And if they were fortunate enough to make it to the national championship game, that would be six NCAA tournament games for a total of 40. Now, obviously that's living large, but why not? This is a hypothetical anyway. So Armando, his junior year, had 31 total double-doubles. Of course, keep in mind that included all six NCAA tournament games. Last year, his senior year, he had 19 double-doubles. And keep in mind, it didn't feel like he was doing that. Early in the year, he was struggling. There were injuries um, and in and out. But yet, he still got to 19 double-doubles last season. And Carolina didn't have any NCAA tournament games. you got to think, had Carolina had a game or two in the NCAA tournament, that he could have gotten up over 20. So my answer for this, I believe Armando is a man on a mission this season. If, if we were betting on this and you set the over-under at 25, I believe I would take the over on that. Not by much. I think 26 or 27, meaning that I think he won't get to 30, but he would be above 25. Um, I, I think he would be at 27, maybe 28. Um, however, of these two things, 15 field goal attempts per game or 30 double doubles, I think 30 double doubles is the more likely of the two to happen. So if you're asking me, Hey, choose one of these that Armando does give me the double doubles every day of the week. Two more questions for us coming up in just a second. Super fun. If there were two super conferences in American college athletics, who would it be? Who would make it up? And a little question about Drake May versus Caleb Williams. I love this rivalry. We're going to get into all of that in just a second. All right, we're back here on Locked on Tar Heels. It is a mailbag Friday. You love to do it. So the question comes from Jackson Hershey through email. He says this, I was curious if there were going to be two main super conferences, what schools would make those conferences? I love this question. This is fun. It's always just fun to dream, especially right now, as there's been all this conference realignment anyway. So here's the parameters I put on this. I'm going to go 30 total teams, a nice round number with two conferences of 15 in them. And I'm going to go specifically based on basketball because it's always based on football. That's what everybody talks about. And 
I love basketball. And so we're going to base it on basketball. Now, how did I choose my teams? It's like some of them I went for historical success. Some of them I went for recency because it seems like they're building up a program that's going to stick around. Some of them I just went for relevance or or success or the fact that they're a national brand. And I've even gone ahead and divided them into two conferences. Let me give you, I do have five honorable mentions first that I wanted to say, and this will give you some inkling of who's not in the list. Temple, just historical revel, relevance of doing it not at the major conference level. Utah, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, and Florida. Each of these has a, a good deal of success. you got a couple national championships in there, um, but they just didn't quite make my cut. They might have made yours, but this is my list, daggummit, and I'll say who I want to. But I would love to see your list. Who would you go with? Similar, all these questions. Who would you have taken for your senior day starter stuff like that? Let me give you my East Conference first. And again, this is 15 teams per conference. Man, y'all, this is absolutely loaded. You ready? North Carolina, Duke, Kentucky, Yukon, Villanova, Virginia, Maryland, Syracuse, West Virginia, Tennessee, St. John's, Georgetown. Both those, they're going to rise back up. I feel it. <laughs> and, um, NC State and Louisville. Did I count that? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Yeah, love that. And then my, so that was my East Conference. And then my less East Conference would be this one's also wildly loaded. You ready? Kansas, UCLA, Gonzaga, Arizona, Texas, Arkansas, Baylor. Illinois, Michigan, Michigan State, Indiana, Purdue, Marquette, Notre Dame, and Ohio State. Obviously, those aren't in any kind of like alphabetic order or, or best order. It's just kind of I, I was working on it, and that's how I put them together. So would love to hear your list. If you're doing two super conferences of 15 teams each based on basketball, you choose your criteria. Let me hear your list, folks. All right, the last question in today's mailbag comes from my guy, Davis Wallace. This came from uh, a message directly from him to me. And he says this, does Drake May have a better chance of, on one hand, winning the Heisman over Caleb Williams, or does he have a better chance of getting drafted higher in the 24 NFL draft? So again, does Drake may have a better chance of be basically beating out Caleb Williams for the Heisman or getting drafted higher next season? I love this question. This is so fun. Um, Davis told me that he and a buddy were having an argument about this the other day. And he was just curious my thoughts on it too. I can make an argument for either one of these and I will, but I'm just going to tell you right off the bat, I'd go Heisman. And here's why I'm basing it essentially on historical precedent. You probably are already aware of this, but there's literally only one person in the history of the Heisman who has won it twice, and it was back-to-back, -back, and that's Ohio State's Archie Griffin. <clears throat> and there just seems to always be this thing of like, we, the voters, have voted for this guy last year, and we're not going to do it again. Now, if somebody was just night and day, like head and tails, blowing everyone else out of the water... I, they would, they'd be forced to do it. I just don't see Caleb Williams 
being that much appreciably better than everyone else in the country that that would cause and force the voters to vote for him a second time. I just don't see that happening. Moreover, I don't see Drake falling off. Yeah, I, he he fell off in terms of his own performance earlier in the year at the end of last year, but I, I just don't see him doing that this year. I think it's going to be a more consistent year. He knows how to keep his body ready and in shape and, and the team has been working long and hard <clears throat> to put themselves in better position than they were last year. And um, ultimately I believe that this is the more likely of the two that Drake could win out the Heisman over Caleb Williams. However, here's my argument for the draft. Caleb Williams has made some just decisions and choices that I'm hearing rumblings of like, hey, NFL offices don't love that stuff. He's going to get asked about some of these things. Drake May, you ain't ever got to worry about any of that. He's the guy you want. And it also is going to depend on who's right up there at the top of the NFL draft because I believe that <clears throat> a team looking for more of a like, yes, Drake can run and extend a play and finish it off. Caleb Williams can do that. It's I think a little better than can Drake. Um, but Drake is bigger, has the more prototypical NFL body. And so if, if it's a team at the top that's looking for more of a, um, traditional pocket passer, but somebody who can get out and go and create and craft. I think Drake is that guy over and above Caleb Williams, but even more so if I'm a GM, let's say they're, we have them dead, even on their draft board. I'm taking Drake because I trust him more than I trust Caleb Williams, just frankly. Um, and so again, I can, I can make the argument for both, but I'm going with Heisman because I just don't see Caleb Williams getting it again. And I think Drake's numbers are going to um, stay up near the top as he was doing earlier and at the middle part of last year. By the way, in case you're wondering Davis's answer for what it's worth, he also said Heisman, <clears throat> but that he believes at the very least Drake will have an NYC invite davis great question thank you sir for that and thanks to everyone who has submitted questions again keep them coming it's so fun to get to have these interactions folks that's it for today's episode of locked on tar heels that's it for this week on locked on tar heels can't wait to be back with you again next week coach pat kilby and i will continue our roster preview series next week is rj davis cannot wait for that one. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Heels. Follow me at Isaac Shade. You can email the show LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe on audio and video formats. Smash the like button on YouTube to let us know you were here. And leave comments about all your thoughts. Would love to hear your answers to some of these questions. I hope you have a great weekend. Don't get into trouble. Be smart. And it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel, even if you do get into trouble. Whatever. Who cares? Football's almost here. We'll talk to you again on Monday. But until then, peace.